Live, uh, live from the Morning Star Sustainalytics backgammon closet. It's a super dopey ESG game show. Wait, did you just think it was Corporate Theater Tuesday? You just did your Corporate Theater voice. No, I'm just working a few things out. Joined as always by the quirky Matt Muscardi. That's the new nickname for you, the quirky. I'm not quirky. I'm CEO Michael Jancy. Do you know who this... Did you know that Michael Jancy is the CEO of St. Analytics? Did you know that? I did. I've met Michael Jancy. Well, I'm him today. He would not remember me. And he would That's would how like, memorable I was. Would he like being honored by us today? I'm I'm actually I don't know the man and I'm sure he's a fine gentleman, but I just want to be him today. I want to be the CEO of St. Analytics. I I'm not sure you do. Okay. But okay. <laughs> you try Can give I get it a the, try. The bonus? All right. I don't think he gets a bonus, does he? In today's Diet Pepsi stain bag of materiality-scented nuggets called December 1st, today, Matt, we rummage through our ESG game closet. We're dusting off some some games that have kind of been on the back. Ah. All right. All right. Yeah, before we get to this, can I, can I say something? Can I shamelessly plug us? Please, you don't do it enough. Well, I like this. I got to start writing these down because you... I know you want me to start some kind of boring blog that no one will no one will hear. Go. <laughs> I do. I want you to do something. Uh, Co CEO Brett Taylor stepped down from Salesforce yesterday. Co CEO. <laughs> I know. Here's here's the headline: Salesforce employees say they're blindsided by Brett Taylor's departure, as Mark Benioff. Mark Benoff swears he'll get him back. I mean, he's not going to get him back, but he, okay. 18 months ago, this happened again. Co-CEO Keith Block stepped down. You know who's, yeah. not, blind, you know who's not blindsided by this? Right here. Our data, me. That, and that, I guess that. the quirky Matt Muscardi. Hey, let me tell you why. This is, this is our own data. On the board of Salesforce, Mark Benioff, uh, when... When Keith Block stepped down as co-CEO, Mark Benioff had 65% of the total influence on the board. And the co-CEO, Keith Block, only had 5% of the influence. Why would you stick yeah, around for right. that? Why, Why do you want to be the co-CEO anywhere where you have absolutely no influence? And then, okay, Just, let me follow up. Before you say that, Brett yeah. Taylor takes over, and he only has 5.8% of influence why is anyone surprised that this man yeah, would want to right. have his own right. company? Like, what are we doing here? We, that's right. This is not a surprise. Not only is this not a surprise, worse than not a surprise is who actually believes that, that these people are co-CEOs of anything? Does anybody call up Brett Taylor and ask for something? Or do they... Is it, is it they're just waiting for Mark to say what he thinks? I mean, is this not a recipe to lose the second in command? You're get, you're killing your succession planning as it goes. Like it's. Do you it's remember pointless. when Deutsche Bank had co CEOs? Didn't they have or was it Credit Suisse? I'll just say yes. I don't really remember. One of the big European investment banks had co CEOs. How'd that work out? Have you ever thought about co Have do we have any examples of where co CEOs have worked out? Can you think of one? If you want to know more about this, uh, subscribe to our new product, Board Saber Metrics, because we we will tell you where the co-CEO structure is a nightmare, and and we will alert you where you should not be surprised. Yeah. All right. 
the audience agrees with you. They're going crazy for that idea. <laughs> I just like that our data is so smart, to be honest. Yeah, it is. All right, let's get to the Let's the do a show. Games. Okay, Let's now dumb it down with some, oh, sorry, with some stupid game shows. <laughs> oh, God, I hate the game show music. I hate it. <laughs> All right, you were talking about this, so I actually created this first game just for you. I quickly created Rate the Crazy Founder CEO Shit Game. This is about Sam Bankman Fried. I know it's not how you say his name, but come on. He's fried. We got to call him he, Sam Bankman Fried. Did you watch the interview? He looked no. a little fried. He looked like frazzled. So for some Although, reason, he's on, a, he's on a road show. He First, he talked to Axios. Then he had he talked to some crypto video blogger. Now he actually went to the New York Times Deal Book Summit. And what, yeah. what, why? He's trying to explain himself. And the, so far, he's come up with some really great explanations for what happened. Well, I know the lawyers told him not to do this. And he's like, he said he, the lawyers don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. If he the, also said... He owes it to his stakeholders to explain what happened, and then his explanation of what happened was, what happened. "I don't know what happened." Okay, let's get to it quickly. Yeah, let's let's do it. Come on, Here, let's, let's play the it. game. Uh, Matt, just give me a one to ten rating. How how batshit crazy is this founder? <laughs> Here's the question. <laughs> For, okay, was FTX a Ponzi scheme? He replied, "I had a duty. Clearly, I didn't do a good job of, of that. Clearly, I made a lot of mistakes. Things I would give anything to do over again." I didn't ever try to commit fraud on anyone. I saw it as a thriving, growing business, and I was shocked by what happened this month. So, how crazy? What do you think about uh, would this? We go with, I mean, th doesn't the level, like, this? isn't this just Bernie Madoff-level narcissism? Like, no one, like, they, they don't try to commit fraud. Like, nobody. That's not true, is it? No, but it's a, you don't set up an organization that makes billions of dollars because you're strictly trying to commit fraud. Most of the time when you're trying to commit fraud, it's like that deli in New Jersey, right? Like you literally set up a shell company that's worth kind of nothing and you're, it's a pump and dump scheme. And that's like straight up trying to commit fraud. This was like he was so earnest about doing the thing and so bad at the thing. He wasn't trying to commit okay. the fraud. He just did the fraud, right? <laughs> okay, let's talk about this then. Uh, there are reports that FTX, that's the company he screwed up, uh, lent out billions of dollars in customer funds to his family office hedge fund, Alameda Re Research. This is starting to smell like fraud. And, and how about this question? They asked him, did Alameda raid the FTX piggy bank? He said, I didn't knowingly commingle funds. I wasn't trying to commingle funds. I wasn't running Alameda. I didn't know what was going on. That's this is what I mean. His explanation tour yeah. involves him mostly saying, I had no idea what I was doing and I kept my eyes closed. All I wanted to do was kick a hacky sack and pretend play with pretend money. It and literally you sounds like think this will keep him out of jail. So you think the ignorance will keep him out of jail? No, I don't think it will keep him out of jail because like not knowingly commingling funds and not knowingly spending all your customers money is still not an excuse. Otherwise, everyone could go up on the stand and be like, well, I didn't know I was spending their money. I didn't mean to. So uh, that, I'm, I'm really sad about it. And they, what, they get off. Was there a secret tunnel to move funds from FTX to the family hedge fund? He said, I don't, I don't even know how to code. I couldn't build some backdoor <laughs> into the system. I could barely use the system. 
This is a MIT graduate with two. His parents are Stanford professors. You really believe he didn't know how to use the system? You believe I believe this? he didn't know. I believe that whoever invests with a guy who starts a trading platform and doesn't know how to code the trading platform and comes up with things that are only available in code maybe should be asking questions about themselves. There's a lot here. But none of this strikes me as batshit crazy. No, really? Okay. No. Because All someone of this enabled strikes him. me as petulant baby bros and someone gave him the money it, but it's all bros a yeah. bunch of bro like private there equity bros there's a few sisters not that many who give another bro some money who's oh, another right. smart the zucky money bro bros. yeah the givers of money are bros right the uh, sam bankman freed is the only he's the head bro here despite the fact that his girlfriend was token running alameda and all of a sudden he didn't know i didn't know what was happening at alameda it's just my girlfriend running it i didn't let's, ask her questions what let's now talk about the two that are the esg adjacent here the two the uh, uh, first one this is the first one's the esg win they he asked him was ftx really his personal fiefdom and he answered there's certainly an extent to which I, that I wish there had been someone who wasn't me who was in charge of managing conflicts of interest. <laughs> That's a great quote. That's an ESG win for the for the ages right there. <laughs> right? I mean, someone should send that to Elon Musk and be like, this is really what, it's really pretty Isn't simple that what, what we're is? doing here. Is like, it, at least that, G, it's not the devil. We're literally yeah. just saying this is all we're looking for. Yeah. yeah. And, the next, and the last one is, is a, another ESG question for you, Matt. This is like a, where he was kind of playing around, a little lack of disclosure here. It turns out that he also gave money to Republicans because the big story was that he gave a lot of money to Democrats. They asked him, did you also give money to Republicans? He said, all my Republican donations were dark, but the reason was not for regulatory reasons. It was that reporters freak the fuck out when you donate to Republicans, and I didn't want to deal with that. So this, so this seems to be like a wink to the ESG world, right? He... He didn't want, he didn't want liberals to freak out. I, 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 what do you think about this one? Actually, that's very libertechian of him. That's very Elon Musky, isn't it? Isn't isn't that very like, like, look, knee jerk political correctness, like whatever liberal things. In the liberal mainstream media, freaks out when you give money it's to true. somebody who's an anti semite. Um, but I'm you're one giving of those it freak to them. But you're giving it to them because you just want like lower regulatory burdens. So there's just a lot of stuff happening that is just baby stuff. Baby there's stuff. just a lot of di I don't this this whole story. It I know it's fascinating, and Michael Lewis's book is going to be something I read. That'll and be the enjoy only good thing out immensely. of it. That That'll anything Michael thing. Lewis writes is good. Yeah. Michael, if you're listening. Come on the show. Let's let's have a let's have a talk. We yeah, want to we talk talked about, about we already talked about uh, with author uh, Seth Wickersham about the Bill Belichick dynasty. Why can't we talk about the great Sam Bakeman Fried dynasty? Yeah, come on the show and talk about. It. But I do right. know that yeah. I can boil this whole story down to do it because we're baby. about to move on. Do it. What diaper baby? Diaper baby. All right. Uh, let's get to the next stupid game. I hate your transitions. Good. I'm calling this one. <laughs> Oh, this is for the holidays. Oh, exciting time of year. Hanukkah and Christmas are overlapping this year. So it's a very special, it's a very special holiday season. Here we go. Ooh. 
I took this right. from 25 eco-friendly gift ideas for the sustainability-minded. And I want you to rate their ESG-ness. Wow. These are ESG gifts. Should I give it what rating scale? Triple A to well, triple C? Pick your favorite ESG ratings provider and emulate their ratings model. All right. I Well, I don't know what S-Gage's ratings model is because okay. they're our sponsor, but we use them for governance. We, yeah. we know their governance data. So let's do Sustainalytics. Okay. In which yes. 100 is not good. <laughs> it's, the, it's the worst. Okay. That's I should why know this I'm because this. I'm CEO Michael Jancy. I should know what you're saying. Yeah. So I might change that. Is, I might change is, that. I don't like that. Is I think it's the opposite of what you'd expect. 100 Let's should be great. Let's make zero the best and 100 the worst. Right. Okay. Uh, so uh, there's 25 gift ESG gift ideas. I took five. I want you to discuss just five. First, uh, there's a super warm parka, right? Uh, made with recycled materials. But the recycled materials are recycled down feathers. So I ask you, Matt, is it okay? So someone has messed with the duck in the first place, but then someone else comes <laughs> around, right? And it's like the argument about, oh, I can wear the fur coat because it's I got it at a thrift store and someone else killed it. I didn't buy it for new the first. Like, what do you think about this? Does this this is okay? really hard. This is really good. Yeah, what do you think? Um well, so if you're traditional, like like old school ESG, um, you would you would want to know like the name of the duck and how many <laughs> massages they got before they were killed. Yes. Um, this is recycled. That means you have a supply chain issue. I'm gonna give this a sixty on a Wait, zero to one hundred scale. Sixty is not so great. <laughs> it's right? it's. It's not great. Yeah, hundreds a little, the worst. A little below mediocre. All right, moving and on. If, and if listeners, if you're confused by this scale, welcome to our life. This yes. is what <laughs> this is what, this is what we're secretly trying is. to do here. We're secretly trying to do here is, is have a little fun. Ready I'm going to call my answer correct. A sixty. Uh, the next one is actually three products. A best-selling skin tint. That sounds painful. That, what? I don't Sounds know what that racist. is. Uh, bright colored reusable sandwich bags and a sustainable sheet set. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is this a package? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> what these three products do, and I, here's where I'm going to ask you to write their ESG-ness, is they all do the same thing. They all donate uh, 1% of its profits to the planet. 1%. <laughs> this seems low to me. 1% of its profits. So is, is that an okay ESG move? This is like kind of like a carbon offset or something. I'm going to get... <laughs> I'm gonna what go this? with this is a 99. Uh, oh, you don't like this. 100 scale of terrible. Yeah, yeah this is not like ESG. This. I mean, look, we just we just <laughs> went through the fact that um, yeah. REI was it REI? Yes. No, just it's donated themselves Patagonia, entirely. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Patagonia. Patagonia donated themselves entirely to the planet. So you're calling this a greenwash? I'm gonna say that one percent is of skin tint. Going this to the like, planet. <laughs> this is like diabetes giver Pepsi showing off about their new green pledges. This is like right? Pepsi. If you buy more Pepsi, they'll donate 1% of the profits to Diabetes Foundation. Diabetes nurses. Run okay. by Pepsi. That's what it feels like. Next, uh, a flannel shirt made from a host of sustainable materials. Here's the kicker. How ESG is this, Matt? Biodegradable buttons made from tree nuts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I don't understand this one. First of all, <laughs> they're going to like 
Either it's someone who's gonna be wearing this shirt and get hungry and eat the buttons, which is a problem, or they're gonna Possible. what? They're gonna rot away. I don't get this one. Tree nuts. I mean, this? when they say biodegradable, when do they mean by? Like, if it's a button long enough to last you, like I wear my, I'm still wearing a flannel shirt I bought ten years ago. Like, would it? Right, so I guess it means if you throw your shirt in the landfill, the buttons will biodegrade, but not the shirt. The shirt's gonna stick around. The shirt will be there in perpetuity. You just need yeah. new. Nut buttons. So where do you where do you rate this one? Uh, I'm gonna give this one a s- wow. Um, yeah, this is a big. E I think one. it's yes, worse than recycled e. down feathers, but not as bad as one percent profit. So I'm gonna go with the seventy percent. Oh, that's pretty. That's still pretty high. 70. All right, let's go to the S. ESG. Let's go to the S category. This is a uh, cashmere sweater. The company. <laughs> the company pays local. Nomadic herders, fifty percent more than traditional traders. That's the <laughs> S part of this ESG. Hey, this is the selling point. This is from an actual article. You're shaking your head, but this is Come these on. are ESG gifts. Fifty percent more. What yeah. does the local? What does the local nomadic herder get? Do we have an accounting of that? Well, I knew you were going to ask that, and conveniently, the article leaves out that data. So I don't Ooh. know what A is. I don't know what B <laughs> is. I don't know what C <laughs> is. Oops. Oh, good. So 50% on the dollar that they might pay them to begin with. But this is their selling point. Do we think that the 50% more they pay the nomadic herders Mm -hmm. who are nomads by definition and have no fixed address and can't be tracked? How are they going to? Yeah. Where's their bank exactly? Yeah. Well, how do we know they're like, well, there's, you could never prove that the nomads got 50 because you go to find them. They're not there. Yeah, They keep walking in the other direction. That's what I would do because someone came to you and was like, I'll give you an extra nickel. Uh, <laughs> what do, you I, think? do we think that the 50% more that they pay is more or less than the 1% from the skin tint profits? <laughs> like that's, I, this is a, this is an uh, 92. Oh, you don't like this any of these. All right, fine. Let's end this stupid game. The stupid portion of the game with this one. This, this is the gift. best game you've ever made. Uh, this is for just in time for Christmas and Hanukkah. Uh, a virtual tree planting. Ooh, yeah. And wait, this is wait, uh, wait. Yeah. Is the actual planting virtual <laughs> in the metaverse? That. <laughs> yes, I believe so. One tree planted <laughs> plants a tree per dollar, and the gift part, a card with your giftee's name on it, is one hundred percent virtual. I guess the. I guess I don't know. I don't. Here's the what I get like: like a virtual certificate. It's like an NFT that says a a a real tree was planted. Right, but that but that's problematic. No. (laughs) Well, okay. Here's here's why I picked this one. The tagline is "Planting a tree in someone's honor" is probably the most sustainable gift you can think of. Do you agree, Matt? Is on the ESG scale. I look if. Everybody this holiday season, no matter what your holiday persuasion is, even if you have no holidays, if everybody planted one tree, you would have conservatively eight billion more trees in the world. And okay. in twenty or thirty years, that's a lot of carbon you remove out of the atmosphere. I think you're liking this I, gift. I like look. I'm one of the suckers who's into that trillion tree planting yeah, thing. Sure. I do I do like that concept. It's a far cry from eight. You wanna billion. know why? You wanna mm-hmm. know why? Because I fucking like trees. Yeah. I they are like nice. looking outside at beautiful 
green leaves in the summer. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Well, then Plant you're not the aligned I like it. with you're not aligned with former President Ronald Reagan or current Senate candidate Herschel Walker because they both said that you know how many more trees do we really need? It's enough yeah. already. Yeah, th- th- right. they were ahead of they're ahead of their time. I'm gonna, I would say I'm gonna spare it, the yeah. If the tree is virtual, this is no, the tree's real. If the yeah. tree is real, I'm gonna give this a five. It's 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 the best one. I like As the it. CEO of Morningstar, Stana Lakes, I agree with you. Uh, all right, I'm gonna spare you the last game because I I see that you snuck a game from the ESG games closet in. Let's why don't you take over and let's get out of here. Let's end. The I don't show. really have a game. I just oh, have an update. Sorry. Oh. So, so let's just edit that out of the show then. Yeah, we'll edit this part out. Well, I, what I have is a, yes. a, a short update about Larry Fink. So, Oh, God. Thank God we kept this to the end. <laughs> Larry Fink um, yeah. gave the interview before Sam Bankman freed on the Deal Book conference, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And the interview was titled Larry Fink on ESG Investing. What I have not seen in the news anywhere is anything Larry Fink said about ESG Investing. We have been talking here about where is everybody fighting back against this ridiculous anti-woke thing. And um, Larry Fink, turns out, is saying things. You know what's happening is that no one cares what Larry Fink has to say about it. That's what I'm realizing. I also noticed that at the New York Times Deal Book Summit, his position in the speaking lineup was right before... Right, yeah. right before SBF. Sam Bakeman fried yeah. SBFs. So clearly, no New York Times agrees that nobody cares because that's because you know you're going to the he's concessions the, to the, get your IPA <laughs> and your pretzel, yeah. right? You're there's no the way you're sticking act around before, to hear that before the thing that <laughs> you're, you're going to the bathroom and you're grabbing at least two IPAs. So really, it's not a game. I I, I do want to okay. get a reaction or two to some of the sure. things he said. First of all, every sentence started with. Let me be clear. Ooh, I like How that. do you feel about someone who starts every sentence, let me be clear? My guess is that he's probably someone who's used to a certain level of manipulation because it, I feel like he's, it's a bit of a Jedi mind trick because I don't know. Yeah, it is. And as Shrunkwood White would say, you don't, you don't need it. You don't, it's just extra words you don't need. Yeah, you I'm don't assuming need you're, you're going to be clear if you're running, if you're running BlackRock. I would assume that you, clarity well, he, is part of your skill set. He does. He was. I think it's like f- supposed to foster a. I'm a straight shooter thing. I'm, yeah, I'm not because lying then this I understood time. one third of the words he said after he right. said, "Let me be clear." So um, <laughs> yeah. that that was often the case. Um, okay. He did say, "Quote: I believe stakeholder capitalism is not political. It's not woke. It's just capitalism." So uh, you could take that either way, right? I could. I could. I. I. I this is where he's good. Is that. I can agree with that and disagree with that at the same time. Maybe that's the so, maybe that's the mastery of Larry Fink. So when you say, "Let me be clear," I believe yeah. stakeholder capitalism is not political. It's not woke. It's just capitalism. I mean, are we pe- being clear? And a lot of people, of course, would say that capitalism is is in itself political. So no, I don't know. That we're, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know what we're talking about. He did. He but said, "You will admit he's good at it, though. He's good at very not good. being clear, but saying he's going to be clear." I do have, here's my pop quiz question yeah. for you. This is the All only right. pop quiz question. He ready. said, quote, the world is losing hope. And here are your options Maybe. for what, what he was talking about. Was he talking about, A, the global birth rate, B, ESG investing, C, inflation at 2%, or D, long-term investor paradigms? Wait, what? 
Oh my god. That's uh so, this is why I'm at I'm getting my beer before SPF. Uh it's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah. The world is That's losing hope. That's why the world is losing hope. I'm going to pick the one that is the most gobbledygooky, and that's long-term investor paradigms. No, it's inflation at 2%. It turns out inflation at 2% is the reason the world is losing hope. So why can't we increase wages? Why can't we just uh, tag wages to inflation? Can you imagine, like, a kid working in a, a, like, fast fashion factory in Bangladesh being like, I'm losing hope because inflation globally is at 2%. Is going to two percent. He did say the world is losing hope. He didn't say New Jersey. So yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous to me that like inflation is why people are losing hope. They're losing hope because most of our lives sucks, and well, that guy has millions upon billions of dollars, and it came at the cost of something. Can I tell you that that is the genius of him? Because just citing inflation as the the reason the world is losing hope is the most political answer there. Yeah, it's, something, it's inflation right? is going to two percent. I, I I have to phrase that properly because but 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 he's again, targeting the, a two percent. That's the most politically heated uh, uh, inflation is is a politically heated topic. So he, again, he he counter. He's he's counterintuitively not being clear about his original message. His definition. If I started the sentence, the world is losing. Let me be clear. The world is losing hope if inflation goes to 2%. Does that make it easier for you? No. Okay. I have two more for you. Um, One is interesting only because he's kind of talking in our language. He said, and this is about the the anti-woke backlash, the specifically Republicans, but he's also talking about Democrats. He says, quote, I'm not happy with the narrative. I'm spending a lot more time in Washington trying to correct the narrative. And let's be clear, it's not based on fact. So he yeah. threw a let's be clear in the middle of that one. Well, <laughs> I like this. Right? I can't disagree with this. It's not based on fact. But what I like about it is that mm-hmm. he's he's pointing out this is just a narrative. Without saying it's political theater, he's saying it's political theater. It's just Well, because he's not political. Because he said that he's stakeholder capitalism is not political. Yeah, it's not woke. And finally, this is just a shot across the bow. I I have to ask you, does Mm -hmm. anyone like these organizations? Quote, if the people are taking back their vote, he's talking about proxy voting, whether it's an individual, a corporation or a pension fund, they take back their vote and they don't do the necessary research to analyze and they rely on the proxy voting organizations. We're in trouble. Does everyone hate Glass Lewis and ISS that much? <laughs> well, am I speaking as Damien at Free Flow or Michael Jancy, CEO at Morningstar? <laughs> Do they Analytics? disagree? Now I want to know. <laughs> uh, I think this is a garbage statement. Why? Because wh- why do we have to rely on... Do your own due diligence. Do your own research. Well, I don't understand this. It, you don't have to go to ISS. I don't get this boogeyman argument. Well, I think he's saying. Help me out. And let me let me be clear here. And their recommendations, by the way, ISS. Let me be. Let me be clear. Based on very clear methodologies. Because I I they're know not forcing you to do anything. I know a little bit about how BlackRock stewardship teams w- yeah. work. I don't know it well, but I know a little bit, and I know 
that they cover 9,000 plus companies that yeah, they, they have to vote on. So they put and, themselves in this position in the first place because it's, and there's it's like overextending themselves. Them. Right. There's like, they cannot cover the companies. It's so impossible. I know what they do is they buy data from like five different people, including proxy voting organizations, and they take that into account. And they really only isolate a handful of companies that they actually have any knowledge of. So what's the problem? What they do. So what's the problem? So, what he's saying is, if yeah. you only relied on the proxy voting organizations, we're in trouble. Trouble being some some amorphous trouble. Like we don't know what the trouble is, but I'm sure yeah, what it's is trouble. The, what is the trouble? I mean, I again, like ISS is, is it's not it's not opaque. I mean, they 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 lay no, out the rationale. It may be that, dumb, but you may not like they, it. They give they give several updates per year. The things that they're working on, the things that they're changing. The, I mean, this is not a. Right. This is not like a, a secret sauce factory. Well, I think what he's saying. Yeah. What is, is he saying? That it Help should be a secret sauce factory that, that oh, it should that, be. Yeah. I think there needs to be more secrets. I really I don't, don't know, know what, what he's, he's saying. saying. I, it sounds to me he's just passing the buck. He's it's it, like, stop making me the lightning rod. Let's make ISS the lightning rod. It's their fault. The funny one. The funny thing about this quote is, mm-hmm. on neither end of this quote did he say, "Let me be clear." So maybe this oh. one, he was not. He was purposefully not being clear. Maybe that's oh, what it interesting. was. Interesting. So that's my Larry Fink on ESG investing that. update. There was not a lot going on in there that I thought was that interesting. Although parsing what what "let me be clear" means may be the best thing that I ever did. <sighs> Can we- is that all we got for today? Yeah. <laughs> Am I playing us out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Damian Rollis slash Michael Jancy. I am Matt Muscardi. We are oh, free float. This was like a woke Thursday. Basically- no, no, it was a game show that got, got Larry Finked at the end. Yeah, it was not much of a game show. Let's just be hey, clear. Come on. Let me be we played clear. The, we played the Sam Bankman fraud game. We played the ESG gift game. Come on. That was a great game. Let me be clear. That was not much of a game show. But <laughs> if you are looking for ESG gift ideas, buy Board Saber Metrics for someone you love. Yeah, or just sponsor the show. Wrap it in a box, hand it to them, and then you can tell them how every director in their portfolio performed individually over their careers. You can't get that somewhere else. That's a very unique gift. In fact, if you wanted to buy it as a present for someone Mm -hmm. this holiday season, call us up. I would be willing to make you a deal where I will give you the data for almost nothing to the first person who calls us for some board saver metrics Christmas presents or holiday presents. And... I just learned, as Michael Jancy, that I went to I got my master's in Nova Scotia. That's great. I didn't realize I did that. (laughs) That's all we got. Come back tomorrow for wrap of the week. Until then, goodbye.